Hi, everybody. It's Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. I hope you're doing very well, and I hope that you are having a wonderful winter solstice uh, holiday, and I hope that you have a very happy new year. And I just wanted to touch upon this Nigerian bomber on the plane over Detroit on December the 25th, place it into some kind of context, because most people, particularly in America, live in this kind of biodome, media, whitewash bubble, like the people in the town in the uh, Stephen King novel, Under the Dome, this uh, uh, crazy obfuscation comes down like uh, a tea cozy over a um, an egg and blinds people from the general causes and effects of human nature and the bounce back horror of motorball against the wall violence. So let's do a quick tour. I've got some notes here and then we'll do an analysis of the facts. Let's look at uh, Yemen, where this guy was supposedly uh, trained by Al-Qaeda. Of course, uh, they <laughs> Al-Qaeda can mount a twin plane ramming into the World Trade Centers, which takes years to plan. But the best they can do is have a guy strap a condom of explosives to his legs and burn himself. I really, really would be surprised if Al-Qaeda were involved. But Yemen is uh, damn close to a failed state, as are almost all of the countries in Africa that have received trillions and trillions of dollars in what is euphemistically termed foreign aid, but rather is a really a realistically termed bribery for despots in order to provide resources to the West. Uh, it's uh, $70 million in military aid just this year. The Pentagon has poured $70 million in military aid into Yemen because uh, it is a part of the global war on terror. And um, uh, this is part, of course, of one of the largest uh, tragedies in the modern world, which is that the U.S. government says, the world, you see, is a very dangerous place, and so we need to tax you and control you and bully you and uh, ID card you in order to protect you. But, of course, if we find that the police is selling weapons to the mafia, it becomes a little bit less believable when the police say that the mafia is really dangerous. And uh, in 2008, Washington inked deals valued at $37.8 billion, or 68.4% of all business in the global weapons market, up significantly from American sales of 25 Point four billion dollars in 2007. So a massive increase in arms sales. Now, before 9-11, Yemen was banned from buying weapons from America, but ever since then, they've been getting more and more weapons. Now, who is the United States supplying these weapons to, the um, Yemeni government? Well, a third of Yemenis, 7 million people, they're not just poor, they're actually malnourished, which is a just medieval kind of poor. Police and military units act as enforcers for corrupt officials. The judiciary dispenses political uh, retribution. Torture in Yemeni jails is systematic and brutal. Local media has reported numerous Al-Qaeda training camps within or facilitated by the Yemeni military. Scores of terrorists receive military salaries. Reports indicate that the leader Saleh requested additional, additional jihadists from Ayman al-Zahari, late in 2008, within months an influx of foreign jihadists began amassing in Saada. The Defense Ministry of Yemen has published a fatwa legitimizing defense, sorry, legitimizing jihad in defense of the state. And uh, obviously that's a very, very brief tour, but um, it's really, really important to understand that the government is not the people. The government, repeat after me, the government is not the people. The government is not the people. 
the government has the same relationship to the people that the mafia has to the shopkeepers and restaurant owners that it is shaking down for protection, as they say. And so if the mafia gets a hold of a bunch more weapons and enforcers and thugs and hitmen, we scarcely believe that the life of the shopkeepers and restaurant owners that they prey upon will become significantly better. Rather, we understand that when the mafia gets more weapons and thugs and killers, the lives of those who it preys upon become much, much worse. And the same thing is true of foreign or military aid to governments. The government's not the people. Say foreign aid to Africa, foreign aid to the Yemeni government. Bullshit. It is foreign aid to the corrupt and brutal dictators who prey upon the life, spirit, soul, and blood of their people. You are simply arming the mafia who hold the poverty of their citizens hostage in order to gain more resources. Billions of dollars of aid since 2006 has been held in reserve for the Yemeni government. Tens of millions more have flowed into the coffers of the government. There are reports that in Nigeria, upwards of 20, sorry, upwards of $500 billion have been stolen since 1960 by the government, by the thugs in charge. So what does this basically mean? Well, one thing that, that people have a very tough time understanding is empathizing with other people. And it doesn't mean sympathizing, it means empathizing with them. So if the US government runs around saying, we will give arms and we will give weapons and training and money and foreign aid to anyone who joins us in the war in terror, fundamentally what they're doing is they are purchasing Al-Qaeda in a country. I understand this. They're purchasing Al-Qaeda in a country. If they say, if I come up to you as a corrupt third world dictator, but I repeat myself, and I say to you, if you have Al-Qaeda in your country, I will give you weapons and uh, training and money. Well, what happens is inevitably that you are purchasing, I am purchasing from you the presence of Al-Qaeda in your country, which is why these guys invite Al-Qaeda into their country to set up training camps, to start recruitment campaigns, so then they can go to Washington and say, aha, you see, you have to give us military and money because we have Al-Qaeda, which is why this guy invites Al-Qaeda operatives into his country. It's completely obvious, completely predictable, and only an idiot or a government representative, but again, I repeat myself, would think otherwise. Foreign aid is, is I'm going to do a whole series on foreign aid, I've just finished doing the research for it, uh, is a completely predatory destruction of the third world, and uh, we'll get into that another time, but the foreign and military aid that goes to Yemen really, really important to understand how that is viewed by the citizens, right? You give foreign aid and, and money, so you give money and weapons to the government, how is that viewed by the citizens? Well, it's viewed exactly the same as if you were a restaurant owner in a mafia-controlled district, you would view that the same as whoever gave the mafia weapons and thugs. You'd say, well, them getting weapons and thugs makes my life that much worse, so whoever is supplying them with weapons and thugs needs to be stopped in order for my life to become even marginally better. And that is the view that people have towards the United States government. Again, the people and not the government. But the US government is the largest by far arms dealer, arms seller in the world. It's arming all of these brutal thug-like dictatorships. So if you have oil, obviously you're going to get a lot of military aid because you need to repress your own people in order, like, they bribe the rulers of these countries with the weapons and money to repress their own people in return for access to oil reserves. I mean, this is obvious, right? And so let's turn to Nigeria and see the context for this fellow, right? So he was trained, as they say, possibly in Yemen, and that's some of the facts about Yemen. Nigeria, of course, 
has very large oil reserves, is actually the fifth largest exporter of oil to the United States. And with the discovery of the new deep water oil reserves right off the coast, U.S. strategic interest is growing. Uh, Nigeria receives massive foreign aid and has for decades. 55% of the population live below the po poverty line. And the poverty line in Africa, particularly Western Africa, is a very low line to the ground. Right? It's like one inch above a grave. Now, you probably haven't heard much about this, but of course, everybody with the half a brain in Africa has. The Obama administration's budget for the 2010 financial year proposes significant increases in U.S. security operations for African countries, security operations, um, weapons and sales, and direct involvement. Uh, for the operations of the U.S., for, for the new U.S. Africa Command, called AFRICOM, right? So they're setting up an entire U.S. military command center in Africa. Why? Because Africa has oil and because Africa has jihadists. The administration's requests raises uh, the total funding for arms sales to Africa from $8.3 million in the financial year 2009 to $25.6 million in 2010. Quite a as a 300% increase in arms sales to Africa. Again, I'm not saying they're huge, but it's pretty significant in a country that poor. The State Department budget request, which includes funding for all U.S. arms sales, military training, and other security assistance programs, proposes major increases in funding for U.S. arms sales to a number of African countries through the Foreign Military Financing FMF program. The budget proposes to increase FMF funding for sub-Saharan African countries more than 300%. 8.2 million to more than 25.5 million. Washington's desire for Nigerian oil and territory triggered deeper military relationships. During the reign of General Sunny Abacha, military ties were frozen, but since his death in 1999, the thaw has been quick. That year, Nigeria purchased $74,000 in U.S. weaponry by 2001. The U.S. delivered thousands of times that. A total of 3.1 million military aid also skyrocketed from 90 grand in 1999 to more than 4 million for 2003. I couldn't find any more recent ones, but if you, uh, if you know about that, please let me know. Chairman of the Economic Financial Crimes Commission, Nuhu Rabudu, has accused past Nigerian leaders of stealing $500 billion worth of donors' assistance from Western countries to Nigeria since its independence in 1960. And what is the issue with foreign aid? Well, of course, foreign aid simply increases corruption. It becomes a massive prize uh, of uh, money and power that potential aspirants to state power can grab, right? So you understand there's a, re a reciprocal, natural, quote, natural resource that is going on between America and third world countries. The resource that the third world countries have, uh, you know, copper, tin, um, rubber, uh, oil, and so on. Those are the resources that the U.S. government is trying to grab from the third world. The resource that the third world is trying to grab from the U.S. is foreign aid. And that is the tragic re reciprocity that is occurring, which is indebting the U.S. taxpayers and destroying millions of lives in Africa and other places in the world. A 2003 report from a leading Bangladesh university estimated that 75% of all foreign aid received in that country is lost to corruption. Northwestern University political economist Jeffrey Winters estimated that more than 50% of World Bank aid is lost to corruption in some African countries. The president of Nigeria announced in 2002 that African leaders have stolen at least $140 billion from their people in the decades since independence. I'm not sure how that fits with the $500 billion claimed to have been stolen by Nigeria, but I couldn't find the source of that currency. Maybe it's a local currency. It's still bad, bad, bad. 
An African Union study pegged to takings at a much higher rate, estimating Africa's toll from corruption at $150 billion every year. Lavish automobiles are so popular among African government officials that a, world has come to, a word has come into use in Swahili, Wabenzi, for men of the Mercedes-Benz. Most recipients of U.S. development assistance are poorer now than when they were before first receiving USA. And of course that would be the case. Oh, how could it be any different? If a farmer is paid for producing additional wheat and he has the capacity to produce additional wheat, he's going to produce additional wheat. Right? I mean, that is just inevitable. If lots of people want to buy Microsoft Office, more copies of Microsoft Office will be produced. And if money is received by third world governments based on the number, nature, and depth of the poverty, then they are like farmers growing the brittle sticks and bones of poor people. Just think of it as a farmer with a whole bunch of poor people that he's growing, and that is the crop that he is selling in return for foreign aid. So, of course, if you're being paid for the depths of poverty you're receiving, you have every incentive to not reduce the poverty that is in your country. I mean, this is elementary, and it takes a damn fool not to see it. And this has been decades of this kind of tragedy. The great increase in the prizes of political power have been a major factor in the frequency and intensity of political conflict in contemporary Africa and in the rest of the less developed world. As the natural resource of U.S. foreign aid flows into these governments, you say, well, why are there all of these civil wars and coups in Africa? Well, because there's hundreds of billions of dollars in foreign aid up for grabs. Whoever gets control of the government gets all of that money. So it is the natural resource that they're all fighting over, the money that is robbed from you and I and sent right, overseas. U.S. aid proposed for 2010 is at its highest level in years. Department of Defense allocated $66 million in military aid for Nigeria. Congress's Foreign Operation Appropriation Bill includes an additional $15 million in military aid, $40 million in development and economic aid. Other humanitarian aid is channeled through U.S. AID. So, and this is, uh, some of this is Yemen as well. Yemen already receives more aid than it can effectively absorb. Donors pledged $4.6 billion in 2006. And Yemen's counter-terror policies, that which they're being paid by the U.S. for, counter-terror policies are farcical and include releasing convicted terrorists, pretending terrorists are in jail or dead, and other elaborate ploys to deceive Western nations. It's really, really important to understand that the U.S. in Yemen or Nigeria or any of these countries they have no clue what is actually going on on the ground. Somebody points and says, terrorist camp, go blow it up. They go blow it up. They don't know what's going on. It's like the assassination, the CIA assassin, assassination squads in Vietnam who killed like 70,000 people. Oh, he's a communist. He owes me money. Oh, I owe him money and I want him dead. He slept with my wife. That guy's a communist. They just go, they have no idea what is going on on the ground. The idea, the very concept that American politicians can solve crime problems like Al-Qaeda, criminal problems in Yemen, is completely insane. I mean, you understand, Washington is one of the most crime-ridden cities in the United States, if not the most crime-ridden city. So if Washington and political officials within Washington, D.C. cannot solve the problems of crime right outside their windows, where there's no language barrier, no cultural barrier, relatively, and they have amazing and infinite and powerful control over the environment, if they can't keep drugs out of jails, if they can't solve the problems of violent criminality in Washington itself, what the hell do you think they're going to be doing solving problems in Yemen and paying people to report the presence of Al-Qaeda, calling in airstrikes? The final thing, of course, this is never going to be repeated in the mainstream media. 
At least I'd be shocked if it did. But on December the 18th, Barack Obama ordered uh, an U.S.-supported airstrike in Yemen, which killed about 120 people. And according to the the footage that was taken off the site, who knows what the truth is, doesn't really matter. The truth is that the airstrike was ordered by Barack Obama because, you know, he got the Nobel Peace Prize. So ordering airstrikes in countries he knows nothing about is part of that man of peace, walk on the water bullshit. They slaughtered 120 people. And of course, the people who killed them says they're all terrorists and insurgents. And the people who filmed the wreckage of the airstrike site have posted the video on their website, and the video includes the uh, bodies of women and children. I mean, who knows what's true? This is the whole point. We have no idea what's true. But the relationship between this airstrike on Yemen and this guy, this Nigerian guy who was trained in Yemen and obviously has uh, some emotional attachment and commitment to Yemeni's um, freedom, as he would see it. Um, is it is it a coincidence that a week after an airstrike in Yemen, uh, a guy trained in, in Yemen then tries to do something stupid on a plane over Detroit? Of course, it's not a coincidence. This is the cycle of violence. And the only way to break this cycle of violence is to stop the government preying upon the U.S. taxpayers to fund all of these lunatic pokings of the wasp's nest overseas. Because what happens? Well, you get massive delays, snarl-ups, and cancellations of flights, which have massive consequences, right? A, a friend of mine who was at the airport yesterday said that the ticket agent said we're losing millions of dollars a day, just one airline. One guy with a, uh, whatever the hell it was, full of uh, some kind of explosive, the shoe bomber explosive on his leg, lost hundreds of millions of dollars in the U.S. economy at a time when the U.S. economy is already bottomed out pretty solidly. Now there's going to be billions of dollars more in additional useless, stupid security. People are going to delay flights. People are going to stop doing stuff. They're going to, uh, salesmen are going to travel less because it's going to be that much more of a hassle. You have to pay them more for the destruction of the U.S. economy. This is what happens when you blow up people based on the reports of others overseas. This is what happens when you sell arms to dictatorships in return for the supposed production of Al-Qaeda cells. They'll just invite Al-Qaeda cells in saying, hey, we need more money because boy, oh boy, there's just Al-Qaeda all over the place here. I think there's one crawling up my leg. This is what happens when you sell arms to the mafia, the shopkeepers whose neck they have placed their jackboots on stare at you with baleful and, I would say, unvanquishable resentment and rage.